That's the podcast coach for July 30th, 2022. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. <laughs> it's the sound of Jim hitting his mic as he's dancing. It's uh, Saturday morning. It's that music that means it's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm Dave Jackson from the schoolofpodcasting.com, and joining me right over there, he's a dancing fool. He's a dancing machine. He's watch him get down, watch him get down. What was that one? That was, uh, I know it's the Jacksons. Mm. I thought you were going into Dancing Queen for a while. (laughs) That's Jim Cullison from uh, TheAverageGuy.tv. How's it going, uh, greetings, Jim? Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. Yeah, I got a little too uh, excited about dancing this morning and just smacked my mic. So that does one of the casualties. That of, sounds uh, dirty. It does. <laughs> Where's Jim? He's in his room smacking his mic. It's like, holy cow. We've we've started in a very weird direction this morning a little little dark and dirty this morning (laughs) sorry if your kids are listening i'm sorry yeah we didn't say anything wrong yeah exactly what Uh, are you talking about daddy (laughs) smacking his mic yeah well you know what if you smack your mic enough you work up a lot of sweat and oh boy let's (laughs) yeah let's not it might make you thirsty i'm trying to get us back on track Uh, yeah let's let's do the that coffee pour of course is brought to you by the one and only Mark over at podcastbranding.co. I know I say this every time. I was working with something, put up the School of Podcasting logo, and I went, man, I think that thing looks cool. And if you need a whole website, if you need artwork, if you need some sort of lead magnet, anything that you want to look good, go over to Mark at podcastbranding.co. Not only is he an award-winning graphic artist, but he's also a podcaster. So he kind of gets the whole internet radio thing. You don't have to uh, explain that to him. And he's actually going to sit down with you one-on-one to make sure that your logo, let's say you're doing artwork, is going to match the show. He's going to listen to the show. He's going to find out what your goals are and just really take the time to do it right. And so that you'll be like me. You'll be like years later going, man, I love my artwork. So check it out. If you need anything to look good, because they see you before they hear you, go over and check out Mark at podcastbranding.co. Big thanks to our friend Dan LeFebvre over there at Based on a True Story podcast at basedonatruestorypodcast.com. Dave, episode 206, he covers Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Hmm. Was that based on a true story? Dan, what are you doing over there? Yeah. No, it's okay. So it, <laughs> it's like, did that really happen? Or is it going to happen? Yeah. Anyways, if you want to find out, that is posted up at episode 206, based on a true story podcast.com. Thanks, Dan. It seemed that you, you did a good job because I want to go, wait, I got to go hear that now because what the heck? <laughs> we have an answer from uh, from Dan. Jack Horner was the paleontology consultant for all those movies. So we talked about dinosaurs. There you go. That's what that's about. Dave, is that other Dave Jacks on YouTube also you learned a podcast? It says Cleveland, Ohio. That means I haven't updated that. But yeah, if it's if it's Dave, well, I can't even say that. Most of the, there are, I know five Dave Jacksons in Akron, Ohio. So it's mm. it's not an uncommon name. But uh, yeah, learn to podcast on YouTube. Um, or if you just go to 
YouTube.com, I believe I'm David Jackson, like slash David Jackson on YouTube. But I do, I'm trying to do a uh, a video a week. And it's weird because like a four minute video takes me an hour. Mm-hmm. And just because I'm adding little words that pop in and right. editing it and blah, 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 and, and that whole nine yards. So I think you used to be able to, <laughs> you know, five, six, seven, ten years ago, yeah. you could just create anything, throw it on YouTube and, you know, kind of be popular. I think now you really need to, you got to, you got to really put a little, a little more effort into, listen, every once in a while, you're going to do something crazy and you're just going to make a video and it, it may get picked up because it's just for whatever. But I think in a lot of cases, Today, folks are looking for production value. It's probably the reason like this doesn't do well. Uh, talking heads on YouTube. Uh, and, and I say that, and yet, you know, a, a podcast like Critical Role, which is just top, talking heads, has millions of people watching it. So I say that. I'm not, I guess I'm trying to make an excuse for us why we don't get more on, why we don't get more on YouTube. But I, I think it does take a little more a little more production value and uh, critical role does a nice job of different camera angles and setting some things up. And they've got a pretty rabid uh, audience that follows them. So I, th- I think it does take a little more production. My YouTube guru is Tim Schmoyer who does video creators, really nice guy. And I think it was him that sent on a thing that YouTube sent out. Like here's the top 10 questions that YouTubers ask. And they talk about the importance of your title and your artwork. And again, we go back to they see you before they they hear you. And those are the things for me, unfortunately, that I that's like the last thing I do. So I'm tired. I'm just I just want this up. Uh, and so you kind of get into that. Ah, that'll do kind of situation. But I've always considered this audio first and whatever I get on YouTube is gravy. And we kind of go from there. And, you know, it is. Well, those those thumbnails too. I hate seeing the ones that are provocative. You know, mm-hmm. you, you just you can see like wow, they really worked. You know, yeah, the video. You know, they're I, I, I follow all these DIY or these homesteaders. You know, mm-hmm. that are doing this stuff, and they're just building things, right? They're out in the country building things. Yet the thumbnail is a very pro- provocative. You know, short shorts, or right? Tight shirts or stuff like that. And then there's what the girls do too. So there's, you know, there's like, you, you see that and you go, oh, a little late, but I had, thank you. It's all right. It was good. Good timing. You, I see those and I, you know, I just, I get a little disappointed right before I click on it. How about, on. how about the big eyes, big mouth, uh, where every oh, yeah. screenshot has somebody going and it's like, yeah. okay, yeah, that's, yeah. that's going to make me yeah. click. Yeah. So, yeah, but it it must work in some. I mean, some of that must. Yeah. Well, I know the provocative stuff works for sure. <laughs> yeah, but but it just does. It. I just get a little disappointed that we. Well, first of all, I don't have a co-host that looks like that. I mean, if I put right. you in short shorts, Dave, nobody would. No, you know, nobody's going to come and see that or me. Yeah, same, that's same that's. A, so I get a little yeah disappointed. We have to do. You kind of have to do. Yeah, I don't want to say you have to, but you. Can, it doesn't I hurt, I, don't know. I guess, is the... Uh... <laughs> exactly. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's a little disappointing. Uh, well, I was listening to... It's it's weird because it's summer, and Todd Cochran made a good point on the new media show. He goes, this is really one of the first summers in a while that people kind of feel a little more comfortable going out and about. 
You can actually fly places. You don't have to wear 15 masks. So your numbers may see a dip. I haven't really checked mine to do that. But it's interesting because on one hand, Megaphone just put out a thing about how, you know, things are going up. Spotify just put out a report that explained how they had growth in listeners. They're still losing, like, I think it was $146 million. How do you lose $146 million in your company and, like, not go out of business? That that always makes me scratch my head. But it's one of those things where I'm I'm going to be interesting to, to see because you've kind of got two trains of thought. You got a lot of people working on advertising, making it easy to add advertising to your show. And I'm not anti-advertising, but I am anti, it doesn't match the show advertising and anti way too many ads advertising, which I think is where we're heading. I've, I've started doing something just for giggles. When I go into my kitchen, I ask the woman in the tube from Amazon to play a radio station. And I am amazed at how many times it's a commercial. I've heard so many commercials for Shady Rays. You know, if you break your sunglasses, they'll send you a new one. Doesn't matter how they were broken or if you lost them. Shady, it's like, okay. You know, so if I'm going to buy, it's it's worked. I remembered their brand. But I just hope that, that podcasting doesn't turn into that. And then on the other side, you've got this whole value for value thing, the podcasting 2.0, uh, new podcast apps. Uh, this show is equipped. If you want to send us a boost, uh, feel free to do that. And they were I, talking to one of the developers because they're they're adding all this new capability to the RSS feed. And then the one guy's like, yeah, we just need people to adopt it. Because like when you hear Amazon's like, oh, we're going to transcribe our shows now. And you're like, oh, cool, because we've already made the technology. You just put this tag in and put the link to your transcription and you're done. And instead, Amazon built their own thing. And you're like, eh. And that's that's the thing where I'm like, I, I remember when Todd, Todd built something by Blueberry. for so, I forget what even the tag was. And it was literally a line of code that you, oh, it was subscribed via email or something like that that Todd made. And it was just a little bit of code that you had to put in your app. And he, he got some adoption, but nothing like he wanted. And so when I hear people start saying, yeah, we just need more adoption, there is a part of me that like puckers up. I've seen that not work in the future, but I'm hoping, and that's the whole idea of the value for value, the new podcast apps, that if we get enough people going around the big dogs, that the big dogs will then go, well, we need to adopt what all these kind of independent people are doing. So, Well... Yeah, maybe. I mean, they're they're in it for their best interest, right? Obviously, and they're gonna they're gonna wall it in in a way that gets them the most power and the most protection, yeah, and the ability to get the stats that they need. They really don't want anybody else doing it. They would prefer they could just control it all. I mean, that's the nature of the beast on that. So I don't know. There's a lot of talk about trying to get them to work with with the open RSS standard stuff they're not going to do it i mean apple did it begrudgingly uh, in in its day just because it was it they were because just because they did and i don't think they have a vision <laughs> at apple for podcasting i think they know they want to do it they've got a team of four four folks who are probably the only ones paying attention to to the space if we're hoping that the 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 big players in this and it's really just spotify who else, Dave? 
who else is in this space besides Spotify that wants to create their own walled garden? Oh, that can that can uh, nobody like, yet. You know what I mean? Apple's yeah. trying a little with their subscription thing, but I still am amazed because somebody asked me about that and they said, what do you think about that? I said, well, they're going to take 30%. You get zero information about your customer because they're not your customer. They're Apple's customer and you're the product. And I said, oh, and by the way, uh, 70% of Europe listens on an Android phone and there is no Apple app. I go, so, you know, other than that, it's great because uh, they were all in. I'm like, well, go ahead. I go, you know, but you're going to need some sort of Android, you know, whether that be glow.fm or supercast or Patreon or whatever. But if you're going to be selling, you know, a premium version of this, it's, it's a great solution that I'm sure it's easy with Apple pay and everybody's already got their ID. But if you're on an Android, you're kind of screwed. You well, just... Apple Apple has everything they need except vision. <laughs> like they can't, they cannot figure out if they want to be in the space or they don't want to be in the space. I I just I just get a feeling. Listen, when you sell eight billion iPhones a quarter, yeah. and you know you're 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 literally taking a bath in money, you know, all the time. The, their profits are larger than most countries' GDPs, right? Yeah. So they can't. It, there's not enough in it for them to right. pay attention. They're just too big. Google's in the same boat, right? Google's it's they're too big to um, to care about it. To you, you start like, how much is that going to make? Yeah. And then you know the executive team kind of looks at the podcasting guys and go, well, just just keep going. But we don't. We're not really going to. We don't really care. So. That's an Apple doesn't care. Google doesn't care. There's maybe Amazon with Audible that has some mm-hmm. something in this, right? But they they haven't they certainly haven't gotten aggressive about it. I mean, it's available. You can do it. They're not advertising for it that much. Listen, yeah. iHeartMedia does more advertising than Audible for yeah. podcasters. Yeah, they do. I mean, they are number one, right? <laughs> so <laughs> you start looking around and you're like, well, it's just Spotify. That's yeah. really the only, the only, you know, the only big boy that's out there at the moment. And I've always thought it was weird because for a while, Apple had Google audio ads. It was basically AdSense for audio. They tried that for a little while and it was like remnant sale, basically. And then fast forward five years later, they come up with Google Podcasts. I was always surprised that they didn't come up with a way that if you wanted to, you could opt in on Google Podcasts to add to run ads in between episodes or something like that. And they never, uh, they never put that together. I really wish I'm tempted to, but I'm not remove the Spotify link on my website for subscription. I would much rather have people subscribe in Google uh, podcasts because a, you get to see keywords of what people searched in to find your show. You, and, and the stuff granted, I can see how far people listened. I can do that in Google podcast. I can see that a lot of my audience listens to Ed Sheeran. Okay, I can't do that in in Google Podcasts, and I can get demographic data in Spotify. But I just wish yeah, Google Podcast. You risk you risk losing them. Like, what if yeah. you get there and they're like, no, like, no, I'm because it's a walled garden, and yeah. people have made investments into their playlists that they're like, you're not in Spotify. I get this question all the time on the Gallup side of things. You know, I'll be like, oh, hey, come listen to the new Clifton Strengths podcast. Are you in Spotify? I mean, that's the very first question yeah. they ask. I'm like, can you not search? <laughs> of course, we're in Spotify. Like, yeah. just go out there and search Clifton Strengths. But yeah, um, it, it is those listeners. If you do remove it, 
you run the risk of them getting there well, and that, not finding it, yeah. and then they quit. Well, let me rephrase. Not not remove okay. it from Spotify, but when you go to subscribe no. to the show. Right. No, I in other words, they'd have to search. But that would be, for the record, that would be a really dumb move because it is the number two app. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not. Uh, no, know. for sure. Yeah, I think that's a dumb move. Um, <laughs> um, just because you, you don't want to, you, you don't want to introduce. I mean, there's tons of Spotify listeners. I think we've got to learn. We're going to have to learn to play with Spotify. This is the thing. I think we're at a breaking point right now, where some 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 industry experts are just trying to do everything they can to ignore them. I'm not going to do this, or I'm not going to put my podcast on Spotify, or I'm not going to play their games, or whatever. Right? Well, I think you have to. This had been like 10 years ago saying, well, I'm not going to do Apple, right? I don't, who needs who needs an Apple RSS feed, right? right. Or who needs to be in, was it in iTunes? Who needs to be in iTunes? I don't think you could say that. And I don't think you can say that about Spotify today. We have to figure out ways. You're going to have to, because there's just a gajillion listeners over there that you don't want to miss. Well, it's it's interesting because I'm I'm updating some of the tutorials for the School of Podcasting. And Apple, Google, Stitcher, TuneIn are the four that you have to go to their website to submit. And if everybody becomes a walled garden, you're going to have to do that to every app that you want to be in. You know, I was like, man, that would just make publishing an episode such a pain in the butt. But I do that today. I do that today. I mean, when I, and it doesn't take long. Yeah. It doesn't take long. It's, you know, after I publish, I I have a I, ha, I use a Raindrop for my um you know my shortcuts. Mm-hmm. You can choose. I have a I have a folder called Podcast Submit Sites. <laughs> Click them and they it opens them all, and then you just go one by one. And I do it while I'm listening to Cigar Authority, and then <laughs> 15, 20 minutes later, they're all done. Right, copy and paste stuff. And so that's not the, like for most podcasters, that's actually the easy part. The hard yeah. show notes are harder than that. Oh, geez. You yeah. Know? Yeah. They so, are. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun to watch so, any, any way you, um, you slice it. Yeah. So. We just can't avoid them. I, I don't, I don't think we can avoid Spotify. No. They're going to be, they're going to continue to be their leader and they actually care. Cause it's, this is like Google doesn't care and Apple doesn't care. Google could care less if they're successful in podcasting. They're not going to put that much effort into it where with Spotify, they're very, very interested in turning this into making money and they, they need to. So they're motivated. Yeah. Coach Dave is bringing up rumble studio. This is a cool little tool. Let me bring this up here real quick. It is, it's very much like voice form. And if people want, I'll put this in the chat so we can see what this looks like, what it does from AppSumo, but if I said I want to do a new interview, I can say, I'll just do one from scratch. So I'll say blank and create. And then it's just a matter of what do you want to add? An audio request, text, image, video, slider request, number of requests. And you just drag and drop. So if I say, hey, I want an audio request, and then I can record my little question. The idea is it's asynchronous interviews. I'm using it for the question of the month. If you want to see it in action, go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. And I get it, especially if I'm interviewing somebody that's not in my time zone, that I could say, tell me about a time when you thought such and such. And then 
they can record their answer, or if they've already recorded it, they can upload it. And the whole point is it's an asynchronous interview. And there's a part of me that just goes, uh, no, like that's to me, part of the interview process is the relationship building. And you've kind of just taken that out of it. And once you're done with this, if we go back to here, what I just put in the chat room is you end up with a link. So here's the actual interview. Here's where I can share it. So I have like QR codes and links and things like that. And then I see the answers. So right now I have one. So if somebody wants to answer this, this would be great. And the idea is when I click on this, I can actually see here's my question, which was just like, what's your name? It's just me playing with it. And then I can see this person's answer. Now, if I click on these, you can't hear them. The idea is with this mix tool, I could basically take me asking the question and them answering the question and stitch it together into a podcast. And that's another one where I go, I'm not sure about that. That could, okay, maybe, but it's, so for me, I don't see it as a tool to do one-on-one interviews. I see it as a great tool to do kind of ask your audience kind of stuff that I I could see. And uh, I haven't had enough people. Like I say, I put a link in the show notes there. If you want to go click on this. So I, right now I have one reply and it's just not really what I would call a great uh, thing, but it's, I want to say it's 59 bucks for. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. Limited time. Yeah, limited limited, limited time, time only. You can get they don't have a timer underneath it. You can get it for the next seven hours. <laughs> I was like, and then six, refresh it in seven hours again. Oh, that's well. That's the one thing that almost got me sued. Is the one uh, I forget uh, the company that had a thing where it's like you know I had it was down to the wire and I bought it and I went the next day and the the timer had reset and i was like these guys are liars and blah blah oh. yeah. and they, they were like yeah then they said hey stop stop calling us that <laughs> yeah they're like uh that's liable and i'm like well it's true yeah. adelo thank you daniel yeah, yeah. so uh, uh, the days. so it's an interesting tool i i can see it's one of those where i'm like hmm all right i know i tried one called voice form which was interesting because i went back and looked at voice form and it's much more polished now than when I first bought it. And that's probably going to be the same thing here with Rumble Studio, because I remember people were answering questions on audio form. I think that was the name of it. And I was having a hard time getting them out. And I was like, well, that's kind of the whole purpose of, you know, a a true database is not how you put the information in. That's definitely important, but it's also how easy is it to get the information out? And I was having a hard time. And in some cases it was garbling the audio and so that was literally months, if not years ago. So um, voice form could be quite much improved now than uh, this. So we'll we'll see. It's just I to me the idea of an asynchronous interview just was like well on one hand kudos thinking outside the box. People do this with blogs where they will send like here are five questions about you know what do you wish you would have known when you first started blah blah blah. And then they'll send it to the five top people that do blah, blah, blah. And they're like, hey, we're doing this article, yada, yada, yada. We'll quote you and link to you. And then, of course, what they want them to do is they want those top five people to then promote the article when it comes out. I could kind of see it for something like that. Like, I'd like to do, uh, I'm interviewing uh, Steve Stewart. I, I have people that are always asking me, what about editing? Should I get into editing? Is that a good business? And I thought this would be a cool use of that where I could come up with, 
three or four questions and just send it to a bunch of editors and then combine them into a podcast. I did this, I did an episode once on podcast networks and I interviewed Daniel cause he had a network at the time and Glenn and a couple other people, the guy from the, uh, the Trek network, which is interesting because almost all the, all the people that were in that episode, aside from Glenn, don't have a network anymore. <laughs> they all was like, ah, it's enough. Coach Dave says Rumble Studio versus, uh, he also has voice form, seems to have editing assembly potential. I did notice that I, when I went in to click on the mix button, it said, this is coming in the future. And I was like, ooh, because that was like one of the key things in the selling point, like you can assemble this. And I was like, the next week, maybe. So I was like, that was kind of different. As I think about this, I do like this idea, if you could seamlessly, because there's some folks you just couldn't pin down for an hour yeah. to do an interview. And, and if you could have a series of questions and just go back and forth, let them record their answers, then stitch that together. That That's interesting. Well, the other thing, because I, when I was playing with it, they said, if you'd like to see what it's like on the customer side, click here. So I went over and it was like, it was a thing for podcasters. And what I found is I think probably two out of 10 questions, I re-recorded the answer. Like I got done and I was like, nah, I can do better than that. And I was like, I can see where it might lead to better answers because it's not like Jeopardy. I mean, typically you ask somebody a question. So what did it feel like when you did the blah? And they go, well, it was such and such and blah. And you got great. Next question where if you give the guest multiple tries to get their perfect answer, you might end up with better content. So it's, it's like I said, there was part of me at first that I was like, Hmm, not sure about this. And then I was like, yeah, you know, and there's only one way to find. So like I say, right now I'm using it on the question of the month, which isn't really kind of what they're talking about. That's one question. I might play with it in the future. It could be fun. So we'll see. Daniel was talking about networks. The says, I recommend the network episode so often that I made a text expander snippet for it. Yeah. It's the thing with networks. Cause that, that is now, you know, I always go out to the Facebook groups and that's the question I saw three times. Really? I'm thinking people are, of people are still asking that question because yeah, I, I thought it was dying down. Yeah. Should I, I'm thinking of joining a network. What should yeah. I think about it? And yeah. I was like, yeah. well, and to me, the, the best line on that is Eric Newsom. The book is make noise. And in his newsletter once he, he approached this subject and said, so many people think if I join a network, I, they can make me big. And he goes, networks don't make shows big. They make big shows bigger. And I went, oh, that's true. That's really, you know, it's a little bit like um, the music biz, right? You know, you're trying to get a manager because you're this small little band and you can't get a manager until you have something to manage. So it's, it's that kind of thing. But, and I always just tell people, be very, very careful if they make you change your feed because you better get it in writing that, you know, if you leave, they'll change it back. Who owns the content when you're on the network? Do they own your content that you did before you were on the network? It sounds great. And we're going to cross promote and we're going to get advertisers. And that's all the beautiful side of it. But like you, you need to look at the what happens if things go wrong kind of side of that. As I just said, there are a few networks I know of. The the one um, Trek.fm was run by, I forget the guy's name. I interviewed him. And he he's like, he's been a magazine editor and he's got this huge background. And it just, every time I hear kind of the behind the scenes of a network, it's a lot of, in some ways, babysitting. 
And, you know, it's, it's like a band in a way. You've got a bunch of performers that all want the spotlight. And as a network, you get to choose where that spotlight goes in some cases. And I'm always like, I like the, the Daniel J. Lewis, Ray Ortega, Dave Jackson network, which was, we used yeah. to just talk yeah. about each other's stuff on a regular bit without any prompting. I was like, oh, I was listening to Daniel. I mean, today I, I talked about the new media show. I was listening to Todd and he said right. that. So you could set up something with similar shows and just say, hey, this week, everybody promote Jim. All right, next week, everybody promote Uncle Marv. Uh, this week, you know, promote whoever. And just, you know, it doesn't have to be, it could be a, you know, 15-second promo, 30-second promo. It could just be a shout-out. It could whatever. Because a lot of times I think that's what people want from a network is I just need more promotion, and they have yeah. my target audience as well. So. Yeah. It's a lot of work. the 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 whole network thing's a lot of work, and I'm not sure a whole lot of payoff. You got and you got to get the motivations lined up correctly. Got to get everybody on doing the right things for the right reasons. You know, I got contacted by one of these virtual admins wanting to know if we could do a promo swap with uh, Mac Geek Gab. Mm-hmm. I think that's the name of the podcast. And I was like, I don't really do that, but. Would they consider just being on the show? Like that seems like a pretty good right. That seems like a pretty good swap. Like and so, you know, it's we've been going back and forth over the last week or two, and and we're going to meet on Monday to talk about it. But I think I think that's a much better way about approaching those kinds of partnerships instead of trying to yeah, listen. And some networks have worked. If you want to put them together, that's fine. I just I just think they're a lot more work than they're worth unless you get them you. You get a you get a, a single person to kind of administrate it and make sure everything's being done fair, and then you've got very clear agreements between everybody to make sure that part works. You know the horse radio network, right? I'm yeah. Glenn runs that. Like, yes, it's a network, but Glenn runs it, right? Yeah. And so, or it it, it works because it's in his best interest to make sure that works for all his hosts, and we've heard him talking about it. He is really good about taking care of his hosts. So he's getting the motivation lined up in the right place. I'm surprised. I kind of thought the network days were, well, and had, had kind of come and gone. And people don't think about it. If I remember right, Glenn pays people per episode. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. And because if you get, you know, if you say, okay, you know, we, we get X amount of money per month from sponsors and everything else, and then we'll just divide it up. Now you've got to go in and count the number of downloads per episode and then figure out, okay, so, you know, Jim was on uh, 47% of the downloads. uh, Sharon was on 13. And then Jim uh, or or Steve was on that, that one, remember he was a guest. So he's got 1.6%. It gets, it turns into a math nightmare. Put it in order. Let's take it one step even farther. Put it in order. How many words? You're like, okay, we're going to pay you. Could you imagine that motivation if you paid the host for the number of words? They would be stepping all over each other. It would it would be in what, you know, yeah, that'd be that'd be a nightmare. Well, but yeah, I think per show and then probably review it every six months, you know, type deal to be, yeah. you know, you got to have some kind of metrics because you want to encourage people to do certain behaviors to get paid more. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, but it's like when you get paid per word, it just at that point. It's, <laughs> no, Could you imagine the keyword stuffing if we if you got paid for that? The keyword <laughs> stuffing that you 
You, you mean would, that show where Pamela Anderson was naked uh, and then Pamela one, Anderson was naked one. and then yeah mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. um is that well, still th- trending I, that can't be a no. that can't be a trending thing anymore. Uh, gotta, there's got to be something new here's here's now do we take a 10 second tangent i'm confused yeah yeah, yeah. um take i still occasionally go to yahoo.com just just for the train wreck that is yahoo.com uh, yeah yeah and what's interesting about this is right we we need to respect women for their minds and their contributions. And yet every article about a female on Yahoo is Donna D'Erico, former wife of Nikki Six of Motley Crue and Playboy Playmate, wore a bikini at age 54. Holy cow, is that allowed? And I was like, yeah. and then it's like, um, I forget the British. She was in, uh, anyway, a bunch, especially if you're 40 to 50 years old, Christy Brinkley, all, they're all bikini shots. And I was like, I I'm, I don't understand the doesn't conflict. Make sense. Yeah, like okay, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, so yeah, all right. And- uh, well, okay, but, but coming off that to podcasting, like you know, that is if you ever want to see a purely MSN is by this way the Microsoft mm. um, site, the MSN network, same exact thing. If you ever want to see a really bad example of clickbait, like all those uh, the feeds inside Facebook mess or Facebook on uh, their app, they have a news feed. Yeah similar kind of thing like every you can just tell every headline's been optimized for clicking right and they're all clickbait heavy and listen i know we do this as podcasters right i know that's what we do but you just it's just painful to see the worst examples of these things what's fun is uh in the states and which is hilarious because i can't remember the channel it's on but it's shark week on oh yeah whatever discovery, cha- discovery channel discovery. and i don't yeah. know why but when i turn on youtube tv it goes to shark week and it's hilarious listening to them like th- there have been more people on the moon than more people who have been <laughs> this deep in the ocean and i was like oh and everything's like you know yellow tiger shark has never bitten a a, a human until now, it's like every everything is just this huge clickbaity. Sharks are going to knock at your door, and you know, uh, land shark. Uh, and for those who remember the seventies, you know, and eat you. But I, I kind of laugh at just how good they are at the titles. You know, and then they, then they went into the weird Mike Phelps versus a uh, shark. Which one's faster? And then apparently, <laughs> at one point, Mike Tyson. <laughs> Like, got in a fight with a shark? I'm trying to see that. Come here, Mr. Shark. I'm going to punch you in the mouth. You know, I was like, uh, but it's, 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 but on the other thing, it's a, it's a thing. Shark Week is, you know, there's, there's a well-crafted campaign that, you know, it's, and 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 it works. I said Shark Week and you said, oh, Discovery. (laughs) No, right on, right on. I I was, I was uh, reading a little bit of news this morning and it was like, the headline was like, (laughs) Uh, a meteor the size of Manhattan headed towards the earth. Right. Yeah. And you go, so then you, you're like, really? So you, you click into it. It's going to make a near earth pass at 4.3 million miles away. And yeah. You're like, uh, you know, okay. So, you know, yeah. Craig, what does Craig say? Craig says, uh, if you have a dog named shark, <laughs> don't take it to the beach. Oh. That's hilarious. Uh, it, it's, but it's, it's where we're at. You know, this is for podcasters. The question I think you have to ask yourself, are you going to participate in this clickbait? Like, 
we all know Google has prioritized headlines for sure. Like that's the, that's the last thing left that, the, that that's one of the few things they're coming off of. Now we've gamed everything else. So now we're gaming titles. What happens when they stop, stop allowing titles? What are they going to, what are they going to use? Right. I mean, everybody's gaming this. Well, you made a, a great point is how many times do you click on a clickbaity title that I remember one, it was like, watch this person, watch video of this person getting attacked by a shark. And I was like, oh, I'm down for that. Uh, and I go, over, no video. And everybody in the comments is like, where's the freaking video? There's a blah, blah, blah. So if you if you clickbait too much and there's no payoff, they're going, it's the boy that cried wolf. They're going to quit clicking on your title and, you know, that whole nine yards. So you got to be got to be careful with it. This is where being a trusted media source as a podcaster, and I think podcasters are media, this is where being trusted wins. Because as people get sick of this, they, they'll they continually come back to your RSS feed or come back to your feed, wherever that's at, maybe Spotify. And, um, you know, because they know they're going to get good content from you. I think I would, I think I'd be a little hesitant to use that clickbait-like tactics on your own site like to give in all right all right i'm just going to create some content that's clickbait just to get folks on my site in i i would be really hesitant about giving in to that as a podcaster you know mixing that in with your current stuff to see if you can get some folks to come in it's got to come to a head at some point because but because titles are just awful now like they really I'm kind of waiting for a total misrepresentation in the title being an okay thing. You know, today it's questionable. When do we get to the point when it's just an outright lie and it brings you in? And I'm sure there's some of those out there, but certainly don't, as podcasters, don't do that. Like, don't ruin your integrity on that. Well, I I, I still use it. There's a tool from CoSchedule uh, that helps you make headlines. And what's really cool is you go in here and like here, I got an 81% on this one, how to record a great podcast trailer that energizes your audience. And it kind of says, oh, you need more of these words or more of that kind of word and things like that. But there are times as I'm playing with this that like it loves lists, you know, seven ways to smack your mic, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I kind of like this tool. Because it's supposed to be based on SEO, and you know, you can see here why I started off with how how to record an ear pleasing podcast trailer. No, did I really type that? How to record, and that's my problem is you end up writing for a computer and not a human, yeah. and so you have to be kind of careful with with some of that stuff. But it's uh, I, I, the reason I like that tool is it does kind of teach you like this. This could be better if you added these words or that word, and I'm like, huh, so. Uh, I did want to switch gears a, a little bit because uh, Ken Blanchard brought up uh, Spoon, his uh, puppet show that he's in the process of creating and putting out on, on YouTube. If you're looking for a great source of dad jokes or or kid-friendly <laughs> stuff, Alexa, oh, I just said the magic word, tell me a joke. And she will say, okay, good. I, she must have heard me say stop or whatever. But the woman in the tube from Amazon is great. I, I know this morning I I have one with a video in front of me, and it said, ask me to tell you a joke about chickens. So I was like, all right, you know, tell me a joke about chickens. And she was like, why did the, the chef uh, chase out all the chickens from the kitchen? 
there were too many clucks in the kitchen. It was some total dad, like a kid yeah. would laugh. And I was just thinking if, if Ken's looking for, I don't know how that works copyright wise. You know what I mean? Like if it's an Alexa joke, is that, uh-huh. I don't know how that works, but. Public domain. Most of those got to be public domain, right? But, I think. but I know when my great nieces and nephews were little, I like I, I bought one for my niece and she's like, this is like the best toy ever. They just ask her jokes and questions all day long. And so if you're trying to to get into the mindset of a kid, she might be a, a source. I don't know. That or just Google dad jokes. but uh, Or just follow uh, Jared Easley is like the worst of like grown worthy <laughs> dad jokes. So It's all in the delivery. <laughs> That's it's it. all in the delivery. <laughs> Speaking of things that don't make me groan, uh, we might as well take this time to say thanks to our awesome supporters. Uh, you can be an awesome supporter over at askthepodcastcoach.com slash uh, support. And uh, just because I forgot to change the slides, we will again say uh, thank you and best of luck to all you do to James at uh, the Podcast Network. If you uh, go over to dogpodcastnetwork.com, he's got all sorts of shows for you. Uh, and if you'd like to be the teacher's pet, go over to Podcast Coach. Or, yeah, Podcast Coach. Go over to uh, askthepodcastcoach.com slash support, and there'll be a link to that. Ask the Podcast Coach runs on PodPage. If you'd like to try PodPage, check it out at what happened? Is it not on a loop? All right. I guess that's it's not. Pretty, on, we're going pretty, around. the. That's... We're going around again. Um, <laughs> check out. TryPodPage.com. If you want to learn PodPage, go over to LearnPodPage.com. And, uh, of course, if you need more Jim Collison, uh, check him out over at TheAverageGuy.tv, and that's where you'll find the home of home gadget geeks. If you're thinking of starting a podcast, well, when you think podcasting, think school of podcasting. And, again, thanks to all of our awesome supporters. You can become an awesome supporter at AskThePodcastCoach.com slash support. Now's the time my sprockets then me dance. That's that's not a good ending. That, 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 that's that's abrupt. It's good enough. It's good. <laughs> that's that that stuff makes me that makes me happy. That song. That's a, that's a uh, happiness. Yeah, Coach Dave says that darn. Or, I'm sorry, Uncle Marv. That darn Roadcaster Pro Two. I upgraded. I I I, I got to give if nothing else. The way that Road updates this thing, a little message comes up and says, "Hey, there's a new version of your firmware." Do you want to upgrade? And you go, yes. And then it says, okay, I downloaded your firmware. Do you want me to install it? And you go, yes. And that's it. So I'm now running 1.07, which in theory, I don't want to test it now. Uh, we will in the future sometime. But I, one of my biggest gripes was if I wanted to play Jim a clip from my computer, I couldn't because I have it set to have a Bix minus thing with Jim and I. So he can't hear himself coming back to him. And in theory, I could turn that off and play you a sound on my computer now. So that's the big thing I saw that they added in the, the latest one. And it's kind of interesting. It's The thing I hate is every morning, and I mean every morning when I turn this thing on, it resets my sound to Roadcaster to main. And I use Roadcaster to chat. So I'll just be sitting here and I'll I'll start some YouTube video or something, and all this is, and I'm like, oh, there's no audio. And I'm like, oh, hold on. Right-click, sound settings, 
chat and chat and okay. And I was like, I, if they could fix that, that would be uh, great. But again, it's kind of a new unit and they're, you know, they are updating it. That's the good news. I just wish they would quit it to, uh, to do that. And then I cannot, when you star a, a quote, how do I go back to see the quoted things? Cause there was one from Stefan had a, a question and I thought I started and, oh, I I started. I thought you covered it. Sorry. Oh, uh, my my bad. That's all right. But he had asked about what do you see in Spotify. So this is actually I'm doing a talk at uh, Podcast Movement on this, which is there are additional stats in places like Spotify, in Google, in Apple, and so this is the Podcast Rodeo Show. I'm looking at it in, and you go to uh, podcasters.spotify.com, so I can see how many starts, how many streams, how many listeners. And I get a little blurry on streams and listeners. I understand. I think streams is how many times. See, I I thought that's what starts were. One is how many times people click. Listens are how many times they listen to at least more than one or one minute. And then followers are kind of like, well, followers. And you can see how many people listen to whatever episode. And if I remember right, if I go into... Me, yeah, you can see how far people listen, which is hilarious because this is a minute and 35 seconds and I still lost 50% of my audience. So I guess about halfway through when I say, hey, I'm taking a hiatus because I have COVID, they they said, okay, that's enough of that and that's all they needed. But uh, so there are additional stats. And then somewhere in here, I thought I could see, here's Ask the Podcast Coach. I thought I could see like who my audience is. And that might be some, I know it's somewhere in here because I remember laughing because I was like, wait, they like Ed Sheeran? Oh, here it is, audience for Ask the Podcast Coach uh, followers gender. So 58% male, 42% female, age, the biggest age group, 38 to 44, followed by 18 to 22, and then 45 to 59. And they like to listen to Brian Vander Ark, uh, Damn Tall Buildings, The Verve Pipe, Blackberry Smoke and Jay Z. So there's a wide view of uh, music, and then primarily in the United States, followed by Australia and South Africa. So that's the kind of stuff you can get in Spotify. And again, you just go to podcasters.spotify.com. And then he says, uh, Pod Events by Pod News. Yes, great site. Go there. So, um, and then he also asked about the Mixcast. The thing I forgot about the Mixcast for, because Bandrew over at Podcastage reminded me the Mixcast 4 still does the thing where after, I want to say 35 minutes, because they're doing the polywave thing, it splits your show into multiple pieces that you then have to pieces part back together. And I went, oh yeah, that's another reason why I'm not using that. Mm. So that's, uh, and again, they're all updating and adding new stuff and that whole nine yards. Spoon says, pod, oh, podnews.net. That is James Cridlin. James Cridlin is a guy, he's an old radio guy, so he's got plenty. He actually played a tape of him when he was a DJ on the BBC because he's from Britain. And uh, it was hilarious because you don't realize, you know, we all remember when we were 13 if you're a male uh, you know, when you're all of a sudden you started talking like nobody likes a Charlie in the box, right? Your voice is cracking all the time, but your voice still changes. When I listen to me in 2005, my voice is higher, definitely higher. And I don't know if that's being more relaxed or what, 
but uh, James Cridlin's voice was very high when he was on the BBC. But podnews.net, I have, uh, speaking of the woman in the tube, a part of my, what's the morning routine? What's it called? Uh, Flash briefing. He's part of my flash briefing. It tells me the the weather in Akron, and then it goes to some sort of like the Bible scripture of the day, and then it goes to James Cridlin. And James basically gives the headlines of the news that he puts out as a newsletter. So I get his newsletter, but his his little audio thing lets me know if I want to go read that article or not. And he, he gives you enough to where you get the gist of the article, but if you want to do a deeper dive, you could do that. So, Is that newsletter sponsored? Is that, is, is that what he... Oh, have you never seen it? Go to his website, uh, Pod News. I hear about it. I don't need to read it. I hear about it from every podcast I listen to. Yeah, that's true. That, well, he About podcasting. Here's the cool thing. Too. He put people out of business. There were a bunch of people doing kind of, you know, newsletters about podcasts. And James had been doing one for radio and came in and no offense to anybody that was doing one, just spanked them. Like, not only was he better, it was like, holy cow, because James gets a much, he's he's connected with all sorts of people all over the, the country. And so you can see at the bottom here, he has readers and supporters, and it's he's got gold supporters, silver supporters, and yeah, there's me down here. I'm a silver supporter, and then I think that's it. But, and these all have links. I, I Somewhere in here, I, I probably track that. But it's, so you can see here, like he, there was, um, and they found a tape of Robin Williams, and I didn't realize this. Robin Williams uh, apparently owned stock in Audible and started a audio program back in two thousand, where he would do small audio programs that were then delivered via an app. And if you had apparently Audible at one point had their own little iPod. And you could plug it in and it would sync. So it it smelled like a podcast. It looked like a podcast. It sounded like a podcast, but there was no RSS. So that's where, again, you know, people are going to die on that hill if they want to. But he definitely. How, how does he, if he's, if he's supported by the industry, if you go back, you go right. down to the, yeah. to there, right. You know, so Podbean and, right. you know, right. How, how do you be objective in that in that sense. Well, I'll give him I'm not saying he's not, by the way, but how do you be objective? I forget the company. Oh, there was a company he did a, uh, cause he's also very geeky. Like he's a code writing geek and he set up a thing to monitor who sends the most spam messages. And we all thought it was a cast and it turns out it's not a cast. It was another company. And he kind of joked and he said, Oh, I forget the name of it, but he's like, and actually, you know, this company sent me X amount of emails in X amount of time. And he goes, and I noticed as of this morning, because apparently he notified them that, hey, congratulations, you're the biggest spammer. And uh, they pulled their sponsorship. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I guess you run that risk. It's diversified, right? I mean, yeah. his support is diversified. So if you, you know, if you do, if you do, you know, I know Lipson is in there. So yeah. say you run something and you piss off Lipson and they drop you. Well, okay. That's the right thing. It's just this is a hard, um, yeah. This is a hard space to be in, especially with media and news, because the only money, you know, I'd love to think value for value is a model that works, but it just doesn't. It doesn't work it, because people are cheap. Individuals are cheap, 
right? They just will not. And listen, there's always an exception. There's maybe a 2% ex- exception of those that support people on Patreon and do some of the things. But right. far and above, that's a model that just doesn't doesn't necessarily work for most of the people. So you're in a tough spot. I mean, newspapers were in the same spot, right? I yeah. mean, they were they had advertisers and they and, and I'm not by the way, I'm not trying to bust on James at this point. I just think it's some questions that people ask. Well, right. I mean, look at I mean, we could put on our tinfoil hat. If you look at the mainstream news, they're not doing many stories about the downside of any medication because every other ad is ask your doctor if Nogadashia is good for you. And then that's 30 seconds of like may cause a third nipple and death and explosive (laughs) diarrhea and all this other stuff. And you're like, what? You know, so another site here that's using a, a similar kind of thing is Brian Barletta at Sounds Profitable. Uh, which is kind of under the pod news. This is all about podcast monetization and primarily advertising. He does a lot of stuff on programmatic and things like that. And then I think it's pod events. There's a pod dot events. There's a one that, that James does. And I started to set up one and James already had his. And I was just like, I'm not going to even attempt. Let's just have one. So, yeah, you can see here's a webinar in, in the introduction to podcast sound design for podcasters, how to use workshop, a workshop week to increase your sales, leveling up your podcast. So there are a lot of events and a lot of these obviously are online. Um, be sure to check who you're getting your information from. And I always sound like sour grapes when I say this, but there was a case where this week where somebody uploaded M4As to their media host and then said, hey, it's not showing in Spotify because Spotify only uses MP3s. So consequently, you know, they were told, yeah, Spotify only accepts MP3s. So their podcast guru renamed the M4A file MP3 and re-uploaded it. And I was like, yep, there's there's a class A. Uh, yeah, that's that's the... You know, just because there's a mouse in the cookie jar doesn't mean it's a mouse or it doesn't mean it's a cookie. It's it's one of those things where be careful where you get your information from, I guess. In some well, cases. who holds James Cridlin accountable? He does get pushback on occasion and does, he'll report. Does on he that. have a board? Does he have a board? Do you know? I'm Again, I'm not. I'm, listen, I'm not here's, here's, trying to hammer a James Cridlin. I'm just like, who holds him accountable? He should have a board if he doesn't. Well, here's the question. Who is the other partner of Pod News? Because on occasion when James talks about Pod News, he will say, I would have to ask my partner. And I'm like, oh, I wonder who who else is in the Pod News thing. You can see now I'm just trying to get us mentioned in Pod News next week. It is Collison says (laughs) James Cridlin is not accountable to anyone. Um (laughs) There are other podcasts. I mean, Podcast Movement has a newsletter. Um, Sky Pillsbury, which is, I still say, some sort of like the coolest spy name ever. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, I know who we need to bring in for the job. Who? Sky. Sky Pillsbury. And that's her name. Um, she does a podcast. I'm trying to think who else does it. There's a guy in New York. There's like five or six uh, newsletters about podcasting. But because when James came in, he had a, a much more global, like he's talking about podcasting in Brazil and 
you know, Malaysia and yep. all these other places yeah. were like, huh? Do you mean there are podcasters outside of the U.S.? Said the stupid white middle-aged white <laughs> podcaster guy, right? Besides Craig, I mean, we all know Craig, but other than that, like, huh? Yeah. So he just kind of came in and, and a lot of people, much like when Apple came in, like when Apple came in, Yahoo used to have a directory. There was the Zune directory. There was, um, oh, I forget what turned into uh, uh, audio, audible, audible. Nope. I forget what Twitter was before it was. Uh, OTO? Audio. Yeah. Like audio. 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 Yeah. Uh, Audio. That went away. So when James came on board, everybody saw it and was like, yeah, I can't compete with that. <laughs> and off they went. So, yeah, it's um, that's a good question, you know, because. And, and I will say it's a lot of power. That's a lot of power yeah, consolidated a, into one person. Yeah. You wouldn't want to piss off James Cridlin. Yeah. Well, this week, Libson did not have a good. We could talk about that. Libson did not have a good week. We were down for hours. And here's the thing. We always talk about when, if you take a break, be sure to communicate it. And it goes over much smoother. I've got to give credit to, um, I know I work there, but the thing that, that made what was a really bad day, not so bad because a, all your files kept downloading that, that worked. You, you just couldn't log into Libsyn to do more stuff. Cause I sat there and watched it. Like first I saw somebody go, Hey, you can't log into Libsyn four. And then literally like 10 seconds later goes or five and instantly like all hands on deck. This is not a drill. This is, you know, kind of thing. And we just started communicating on, if you go to status.libson.com. And if you look at that, you can see all the updates. What was weird is once we got everything up uh, the next day I, I come to work and I'm expecting to hear just seeing a flaming inbox. And it was weird because it was actually the opposite. We had people that were like, Hey, you know, you guys had a bad day yesterday, but I wanted to thank you for keeping me in the loop. And, you know, we didn't lose anything. And I understand stats are going to be a little delayed, but they're coming back. But so the communication during a bad time, actually, in some cases, like one guy's like, I'm a Libsyn customer for life. Like that was the most amazing bad day I've ever seen. It sounds weird, but it's one of those things where if something is not going right, just communicate with your audience and... Mm -hmm. They appreciate it because if you don't communicate, they're going to assume the worst. You know, if you, if we hadn't said, hey, we are aware you can't log in, yada, yada, yada. People are like, what's going on? Did they blow up? Is their building on fire? You know, so. Um, are they going out of business? It's yeah, been sold. Yeah. It's, <laughs> they got bought by Spotify. Oh, my God. Yeah. So. <laughs> the end of the, it's the end of the world. Yeah. So, again, kind of tying it back to, yeah, but what does that have to do with podcasting? If you are going to take a break, which to your listener is not great news. It's much better if you explain like when you'll be back, if you know when. And I mean, I listened to a daily show and he'd been doing a daily show for the better part of about a, a year and a half and just said, Hey, um, my kids are getting older and I'm missing out on some of the times. And it's dawning on me that my, my kids are only going to be around for a little bit. And so I'm going to take a break. And it was kind of like, oh, I'll have to find something else to listen to now in the show. He was my shower podcast. But who, who can get mad for a father wanting to spend time with his kids? You know what I mean? It's like you kind of go, well, good for you. I'm glad to hear that you're not ignoring your kid. So just communicate that stuff and uh, you'll be good. Oh, wait a minute. We have breaking news. I don't have any breaking news uh, sound effects, but I do have applause. According to the one, a, a trusted source. 
says that in September, the audacity to podcast is coming back in September. Well, I'm glad to hear that because there's only one Daniel J. Lewis, doggone it. And uh, it's, uh, we need somebody. I, I always appreciated Daniel's deep dives and his, uh, you know, again, you just have your own personality and flavor and that whole attention to detail. Yeah. Here's a, a question. This was from Tim out in a Facebook group. And it's one of those things, Jim, do you have a media kit? I guess because no. you're not really looking for sponsors, right? No, not really. He says, I was recently asked if my podcast had a media kit for advertisers. Does anyone have a media kit that I could take a look at? Thanks in advance. Have a great weekend. Well, uh, number one, if you're using Captivate, they have a one-click media kit. If you're using Blueberry, it's actually pretty cool. They have a a media kit, but they've tied it into a survey that you can send out to your audience. So that whole demographic, male, female kind of stuff will be in there, but it'll pull in your stats. So you can see like average number. I think average numbers in there of, of downloads per episode and things like that. If you don't use those for a host, then just go in and take a screenshot of your stats. They're usually looking for, so put your sponsor hat on. They're trying to figure out, do you have my target audience? So they're going to want to know male, female, age. A lot of times they'll ask for college education or education in general, and then they're going to want to know downloads. And this is where, this is one time where reviews come in handy because you can take screenshots of those and put them in your media kit. So if you don't have a media kit, you can make one fairly easy. And I know anytime I've ever been asked for one, I just go make one. It's, it's takes, you know, copy, paste, copy, paste, and a couple screenshots in a Google doc and you're off to the races. So, um, and again, we I know we mentioned this last week. If you're doing advertising, do the um, it's the old sales trick of what day should I call you? Tuesday, Thursday, or Friday? Because you're not giving them an option of not calling you. So you go, okay, how, what would you like to sponsor? Uh, just the episodes? Um, do you want a link in the description, or do you want a link in the newsletter as well? Oh, by the way, I have a package for all three. Yada yada yada. So yeah, but make sure you're doing that. <laughs> That's that should be the second or third email, not the first. I can't tell you how many emails I get on LinkedIn now of, pe- of people <laughs> like, "Hey, I know you know we just connected. Great to meet you. I'd like to set up a fifteen minute call. Will Monday work? Like, mm, little little early. Like, you know, we're we'll let, how about we chat a little bit and make sure there's something you don't even know what I do or who I am for the most part." So I, I am not a big fan of that technique to to use in the first interaction, Dave, but I totally agree. I think when you're trying to make those kind of connections with people and that the, the permission has been given to set something up, I think it's really smart at that point to say, hey, Monday, Tuesday, or Friday are open. Or, you know, a lot of folks use scheduling apps, and that's kind of revolutionizing this getting connected where send me the link to your calendar app. And, and I'll, I'll find a spot that works for both of us. So that's, I, I think that's the time to ask. I just get too many too early. Like, you know, we didn't even meet. And yeah. You're already asking me to meet. Like, I don't, I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. You know, give me a reason. Yeah. It's always amazing how that happens. It's like going on a first date and like, hi, I'm Dave. Let's go. Married? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You want to give me all your money? Yeah. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. What I've been doing for bad whoa, whoa, pitches whoa. is I've been saying I only accept pitches on Volley, which is the that little app oh, I love to use to communicate yep, with people. Yep, yep. And so far have received zero 
pitches on volley. Cause I'm like, I'd like to get to know you better. Click here to connect with me on volley. And uh, yeah, which again proves that they're not really interested in really being on my show. They're just, it's a, you know, mass email and that whole nine yards. So that'll be, um, that's always fun. But yeah, I, I, my favorite on LinkedIn is you see this, you know, so-and-so wants to connect with you on LinkedIn and you say, okay. And like immediately some robot is like, Hey, thanks for connecting by my book. And you're like, really? Does that work? Like, are you kidding me that like the minute I connect with you, you're pitching me. I'm like, Oh, you gotta yeah. be kidding me. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Jack, Jack in a round show says, uh, Hey, where do you find all the reviews? Chartable tells me 70, but I can only access one. Well, that my friends is for our good friend, Daniel J. Lewis at my podcast reviews, go to school slash NPR. That's short for my podcast reviews. And that gives you all of the reviews from all the countries. And what's great is you can share them. That also gives you a link uh, in my podcast reviews that you can give out that much like Glow and Supercast, where it's one link and then it kind of figures out what phone you're on and says, oh, you're on an Android or an Android phone. Here's Google Podcasts and Spotify and whatever. If you're on an iPhone, like here, here's Apple Podcasts and Overcast. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash MPR will get you there. Going back to the Rumble conversation that we started earlier today, uh, I I might be willing to try self-service podcast option, use my Rumble studio to craft a generic framework and give small business owners a chance to make their own show using my format. It's an interesting thing. If you think about it, like one of the, you know, I, I haven't heard as much about him in a while because, well, he's got more money than God and kind of retired. He still does the show is John Lee Dumas. And we all kind of poked fun that John had kind of the same six questions. And it didn't dawn on me till years after I listened to his show. He was walking people through the hero's journey. He was like, why did you get into this? What was your biggest hurdle? What was your aha moment? What, you know, made you turn the corner or whatever and things like that. So yeah, you could do something like that. Give it, you know, again, give it a shot. See what it turns out like. Let people, let the first people know or or find some people to be your guinea pigs. I didn't make the video this week, uh, but I wanted to, is don't make your first recording or first of anything be the first. I have, I don't think it's on my desk anymore. I went outside last week to the, uh, the Soapbox Derby was in town in Akron, Ohio, and I used the Tascam dr10 which is not on my desk uh which is this little handheld recorder and i had never used it outside so the first time i used it outside was the first time that was a real interview so i had it i had my uh road uh reporter uh gizmo and it turns out that the dr10 recorder it's backlit and when you're in really bright sunlight that means you can't see crap consequently what I ended up doing was going in the bathroom. I had a brand new battery in it. And the other thing I hate about it, but the it has buttons on it. But to get it to record, there's a slide switch on the side. And man, I want to find somebody at Tascam and go, give me a record button. But you slide it to start it. And I just held the microphone and it was just on. And I just walked around and interviewed people because I couldn't. I put it on uh, auto level. I told it to take out the lower end of the recording because it was kind of windy outside and recorded and it was fine. But it was one of those where it was just one of those where I was like, oh, I didn't follow my own advice. The first time I'm doing something is the first time I'm doing something for real. I should have, 
you know, gone outside and tested this. And I hear people do this all the time, like, oh, well, you know, wish me luck. I'm using Squadcast for the first time. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like you're interviewing your cousin or somebody. They're like, no, no, it's a real interview. And I'm like, no, don't make the first time you do something like be for real. You want to, you want to do a couple test things. And uh, mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, get, get out there, try to get into the situation, get, get into the environment. It's like going to a conference and you're thinking you're going to get this clean audio and you have a microphone that's, that is a condenser mic and you're literally picking up the entire room as opposed to using a dynamic mic that's really focused on the person right in that setting. So yeah, it's a good idea to kind of know know your equipment. Like don't buy it new, (laughs) buy it new a couple of weeks ahead of the event that you're going to do for sure. And just for Ken, um, John Lee Dumas didn't really retire. He still does. I think a daily show. I just don't, I, I don't he's, know. He's doing a daily. Yeah, he's still doing a daily show. I just don't, I don't hear, and I'm sure it's still a great show. I just don't hear people talk about John as much as they used to. And I, I know he's like in Puerto Rico because he made so much money. He needed a way to get out of paying taxes, basically. Um, he's a great guy. The thing about John Lee Dumas that I like is when you hear John, and he is so stoked to meet you, and what's up, and I am a high-energy guy. When you talk to John Lee Dumas, this is how he talks. Coach Dave, Squadcast versus Riverside. I know plenty of people that use Riverside and love it. I know more people that are saying, how do I get off this thing? Now, the bad news is Squadcast just came out with a new version, and I'm hearing people, and I'm not sure they're complaining about it not working or the fact that the interface is new. They just come out with a new interface, but I've never had, I've had one problem in like six years with uh Squadcast, And even with that, they were still able to give me a file to use. So I often use Squadcast as my backup. Here's a fun question that we can all argue over. Jack and round show just spent $50. Thank you for po- the podcast review show suggestion. That's a great service. I love it. Uh, now help me spend more money. Best audio editing software. I edit in Adobe Premiere, but anything with AI, but, per, but anything with, so you're looking for something with AI. Is that the thought? Yeah. Yes. No, that's, that's, yeah, that's what he's, that's what they're trying to I say. I don't know anything with AI. I mean, I, I, I had a uh, meeting yesterday. Like, have you tried Descript? I mean, that's the, yeah, that's, I think that's the closest you're going to get in the mainstream. Yeah. I Trust me in about, I'm going to say six to eight months. Mm, I will probably still be using Hindenburg. I, I met with Descript yesterday. I said, can you kind of get me over a couple hurdles here? And that stuff is, a, Descript has, does so much. I didn't realize there's effects in Descript, all sorts of crazy stuff. And now they're doing, they're rolling out. It's not there now, but uh, they're, the video stuff that I saw is uh, pretty cool. And so I will probably quit paying for Camtasia because that's $300. You know, now granted, Descript is 30 bucks a month. That's $300 anyway. But if I could quit paying for, and trust, I mean, I love Hindenburg, but um, it's the only, and that's where they were kind of excited. They said, we heard through the grapevine that Dave, you might make a Descript course. And I'm like, oh, I'm absolutely making a Descript course. And they're like, I said, and that's to your credit because I had members of the School of Podcasting that said, hey, Dave, we appreciate your Adobe course and your Hindenburg course and your Audacity course. Like, where's the Descript course? And I was like, 
what do you mean descript? And they went, oh, you haven't played with it. And I had played with it. I told him, I, I, on the call, I made him laugh. I said, I remember when I saw descript for the first time at Podcast Movement, and I said, oh, this is never going to work. I said, and now I'm sitting here going, holy cow, that's amazing. Descript does have a free kind of a freemium, so to speak. You can get in there and give it a run, try it out, put put a short piece of audio in there and uh, and give that a try. But if you're Descript is is audio and video, right? At this point. Yeah. So that, that because because they say that they're they do video as well. So take a short clip. This is one of those kinds of things. Take a short clip, move it in, test it out, see if it's what you like, do some editing on it. Get it get a messy clip and uh and and let it let it do its thing. Yeah. I don't I, I mean Daniel says because uh, Jack and Round is using Premiere because he also does video. He says in video, most of the AI development I see is related to image correction, special effects, and not the kind of editing for podcasts. Yeah, I mean that would be like me editing audio in Camtasia. I could do it. Yeah, okay, you know, but it's one of those not quite completely painting with peanut butter, but maybe not the right tool for the job. And I'm not sure AI, you know, aside from, you know, there's, there's a thing in description yeah, where if you re- be careful what we call AI, because <laughs> there's a lot of things being called AI right now that are not AI. <laughs> so that just, just, it was like, you know, years Wait, ago hold, and we used hold, to have business and yeah. Hold on. And now, <laughs> oh, he's been waiting for this. It's time for Jim to get his nerd on. Okay. <laughs> oh, thank you for yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. No, listen, in the industry, AI is just kind of caught on as this thing to say, and it sounds super cool. There's very few, oh, got full screen. <laughs> there are very few who are actually using it or getting it right. Don't get too caught up in the AI hype that's out there. AI has some really specialized usage. And if they're... You know, it's like image correction kind of stuff. And they're like, we correct it with AI. Eh, probably not. So I, I get I get a little leery of everything, everything having AI in it, you know, and you're like, uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, Black or DaVinci Resolve is a um, a free video. They have a paid video, but I was getting ready to learn design DaVinci design, da Resolve. And I'm like, nope, my audience can probably is going to appreciate the video side of uh, of Descript. But the other thing with AI, I've been paying for probably a year an AI tool that can help me write stuff. And every time I used it, it would bring in facts that I then had to fact check. And most of the time they were true. But I, I like I can't but put out an article. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. so I might I'm going through a phase where I'm. I'm deleting stuff that like, it's cool. I know Daniel used it. It's Jasper or something like that. Jasper. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm just on them. I'm like, anytime I write something, it comes out of my head. And so I don't really need, I, I think a, an AI inspired writer would be great if for somebody who was having a hard time writing. And I know it uses um, NLP, which is natural language processing. Daniel says, yeah, his Jasper subscription is coming up for renewal. And he's thinking about cancel, but every time I use it, it feels totally worth it. Yeah, I maybe I just need to use it more. I think you got to get in a quick writing mode. So 
come, you know, get some ideas, put them down, and then start going into those ideas and letting it expand some things out for you. That's where it's really good. And then, listen, you still got to go in there and edit. And they they have a brand new feature where it's they'll, it'll create an entire paragraph for you. But but Dave, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head. This is not you. You still got to do the work of an editor with yeah. Jasper. So don't don't think you're going in and it's going to write a book for you and you know in an afternoon you're going to have a whole book. And you do got to fact check the crap especially if you're doing a if you're doing technical stuff, you better fact check it for sure cuz it's just it it literally doesn't know. This is why I don't think it's AI. It literally doesn't know what's what's accurate and what's not. It's just going out and grabbing things and indexing things and then pulling that in for you. I do like they have a plagiarism checker in it, which is kind of cool. Allows you to kind of go out and say, "Hey, has this been has this been written before?" Which is it's kind of interesting because I wonder, like you think about they've they're indexing a good chunk of the internet to be though they should be they have to if they're going to be a, if they're going to check this thing fast against the internet to see if it's been written this way before. So you kind of wonder. I mean. The guys at archive.org are always begging for money. Maybe that's why Jasper is a hundred bucks a month, you know, because it takes a lot of power and infrastructure to, to, you know, yeah. house all the writing on the internet. <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah. Lastly, yeah, Daniel says it's a writing assistant. Yeah. It's a writing assistant, assistant not, a, not writer. a writer. Yeah. it And it writes, listen, it does write pretty well. Like it, yeah. it if you're stuck, it's a good thing to get in there and get you unstuck and get you writing again, but you're going to write and you're going to edit for sure. Yeah. And there are plenty. Now I don't know if they're good, worse, better, but it seems like using again, AI with NLP to write for you is about every three weeks on AppSumo. There's a new tool for that. And I was, I don't know if it's better or worse or whatever, but uh, um, the Jack and I had one more question here, which is great because we're, we're coming up on time. What is the best platform for analytics? You can go to school at podcasting.com slash free classes. And there's one that says understanding media hosts that compares Libsyn, Blueberry, Captivate. And part of that is seeing what their stats look like. Realize they're almost all of them are going to give you the exact same thing. How many downloads? Where is your audience at geographically? What apps they use? Did it work on a P like I know Blueberry breaks it down to is, is it on a PC or a phone? They all kind of do the same thing. Some of them have better interfaces. Like I know Red Circle, A, you have to wait for their stats to update. So you'd be like, show me my stats. And it's like spinning, 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 which on one hand, if I if I was selling them, I'd be like, your stats are always up to date. Yeah, but I don't want to wait 20 seconds for them. There's that. But I always found Podbean stats a little, like it just seemed like I couldn't find what I was looking for. So it's part of it is the layout. And that's where I say it's kind of like if I am driving across country, do I want to take my car, a Toyota Corolla, or do I want to take my brother's minivan that has 10,000 cup holders and it's made for long drives? Like they both get you there. One is a little better interface for the job. So they all kind of do the same thing with uh, if I put on my Libsyn hat, Libsyn has stat codes where you can basically make a link and, and say, hey, how many people came from my newsletter or file? If I give this link to my guest, how many downloads did the guests give? You can actually also go into, which you can do in other platforms as well. But I love Ellipson. You can go to the daily stats and there's like, you know, you have this little P 
peak and valley, you can click on the top of the peak and it'll break it out. Like here's, here's where your downloads from, you know, January 27th came from. And you're like, oh, well, 46 of them were my last episode. And then holy cow, look at all the people I listened to my old episodes. So that's always uh, kind of fun to, to see. Jim, what is coming up on uh, Home Gadget Geeks this week? Yeah, we spent we spent a little time. Um, I had a guest on who talked a little bit about whole or multi room audio. So a little Wi Fi speaker that you can purchase, not an assistant. Don't don't, don't get confused. All it does is audio, but allows you. And it's today it's just iPhone. So it's an early version of this, but allows you to quickly you set these things up on Wi Fi and then you can stream audio to any place or all at the same time in the house. It's, it's really cool. On a Kickstarter, it'll be available a little bit later there at homegadgetgeeks.com. Nice. I do that with uh, the woman in the tube from Amazon. I'll mm-hmm. say, play a song, such and such, and then I named a group everywhere, which is kind of cool because I open up my bedroom door and my whole house is just blasting, you know, Heaven and Hell by Black Sabbath or whatever it is I've asked. It's great fun. Do you have any latency issues with that or does it does no, it have it, any syncing problems? No, hearing it's, it's kind of cool because on a, well. there's a little bit of a, just, there's lots of room echo because every room has, you know, yeah, yeah, so it's kind yeah. of cool. It's this cool kind of, I don't know, arena sounding audio. There's a little bit of slapback coming from, like you said, it's all in sync, but just the fact that I'm hearing it from the kitchen, which is all the way down the end of my... Right. Uh, yeah. What's so, What's nice about this solution is I can on the fly turn them on and off. Like Alexa, nice. if you got a song... if With the A-Lady, if you've got yeah. a song playing... You've got to say, it's a mess. This yeah. is a lot easier. So Home Gadget Geeks. Like On the School of Podcasting, uh, I'm very happy. I'm interviewing David Hooper today and Steve Stewart. So Dave Hooper will be on this week's episode talking about his book, which yesterday was free, the 101 tips uh, or templates. Uh, check and see if it's still there at Amazon. But uh, thanks as always for coming out. And uh, we'll see you next week with another episode of Ask the Podcast Coach. 